Hello, Hoshkeldenes. Hello and welcome again to our podcast, Talking Around North Cyprus. It's a place where we chat to all sorts of people who want to let us know about what they think about the TRNC, all the pros and cons maybe of living there, retiring there, even working there as well. And as always, I'm joined from North Cyprus by my co-host Roger Barra, sort of on your holidays in a way, because you have a little place over in Lapta and you're over there for a couple of weeks away from uh, your normal res, your des res over on the East Coast. I have to say many congratulations because yesterday, the 3rd of March 2023, as we're recording this, you celebrated your golden wedding anniversary, 50 years of Mrs B being married to you. Goodness me, lucky lady. Quite right. Hello, sir. Hello, everybody. Yes, th- thanks for that. I'm still looking for my medal. I can't find it anywhere. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, looking back, it has gone quickly. 50 years, my goodness. Anyway, uh, we had a fabulous party here. We invited, we had 11 or 12 close friends round, and it was a brilliant day. And, oh. of course, the weather here... Even though it's February, middle of our winter, it's quite warm. It's in, in the low twenties, unbroken sunshine. So we could we could all stay out on the you know balcony for the whole afternoon and early evening. So uh, we're very lucky. Had a a brilliant time. And hey, here's to the next fifty. Indeed, yes. Oh, that's great. No, really, many congratulations. And to be honest, in this day and age, that that that's some some going, isn't it? <laughs> Right, let's sort of get down to business. Now, I saw something the other day. You know how you get random stuff that pops up? And uh, I think I sent this to you. It was bizarrely, it was from the uh, Liverpool Echo. It was telling me that the UK Foreign Office has now decided that the authorities in North Cyprus do not share information regarding British nationals in distress with the British High Commission or the families affected. So basically it was saying, you know, oh, you know, danger, don't go there because they're nasty people. It was a really odd article, wasn't it? It was, and I am surprised, Sarah, that it hasn't blown up into a big issue yet over here because I'll read directly from the gov.uk site it says the self-declared Turkish Republic of Northern Cyprus is not recognised by the British government. The authorities, it says, in North Cyprus do not routinely share information regarding British nationals in distress with the British High Commission. And this impedes our ability to respond quickly in order to support vulnerable British nationals there. Now, whatever you think of that, it then says in the last paragraph, international parental child abduction, North Cyprus. The authorities in North Cyprus, remember this is the the British government's website, the authorities in North Cyprus do not act on British instruments of court and will not share information with the British High Commission on minors who are subject to UK court orders. This means the British High Commission are are unable to ensure that these minors are properly safeguarded. But child abduction, where did that come from? They don't mention any, you know, specifics. And and as you say, Sarah, if you just read that and you're thinking of somewhere to bring your young family on holiday, you're thinking, well, I'm not going to North Cyprus because our kids might get abducted. I think it's absolutely outrageous. And uh, as I say, so far, not a big fuss has been made over here, but uh, that is the British government. And, you know, once again... Well, it Um, makes you wonder. Well, it does. But the thing is, they're like, well, you know, you're not being nice. You know, you're not sharing information. But 
you're not a recognised country. You can't have it both ways. You either recognise North Cyprus mm. and work with the mm. authorities in North Cyprus so that you do exchange information, because I'm sure the, the government of North Cyprus would be more than happy to exchange information with the British High Commission. So, you know, what do they want? They can't have their cake and eat it. And it works the other way around as well, because uh, we were in contact with the British High Commissioner in South Nicosia when our good friend died and no family over here whatsoever. Uh, but they couldn't offer any help whatsoever. And although they didn't say this, we got the distinct impression, well, serves you right for living up north. What do you expect? Yeah. Serves you right for, for living in a country that actually doesn't exist. That That's how it made us feel. So uh, yeah. it's all... It's all bonkers. Yeah, it's just just made me cross. And as you say, there's that sort of, well, what do you mean about abduction? You know, has there been a case? Hopefully somebody somebody might pick that up. It was one of those things where you just think, oh, I might write to the editor about this and go, well, what are you talking about? You know? yeah. But as you say, it comes off the British government website. On a sort of, well, on a sort of nicer note, you uh, went back to our lovely uh, Chelebay Garden Hotel in Memecek, but they've done something rather lovely, haven't they, following mm. the earthquake <laughs> in Turkey? That, that's right. We went. There's about 23 of us went for, for breakfast. And then, as she mentioned in the podcast a few months ago, uh, well, it was Christmas, wasn't it? We went on the tour to see all the, the eco infrastructure. Uh, absolutely fascinating. But what they have done, which is beautiful, on their own land, Buse and her family, uh, on their own land, about five kilometres from the hotel, have created the most beautiful set of New trees, 35 new trees, one for every one of the TRNC victims in the recent earthquake. And each tree has its own name in memory of that person. So it's a, a living monument to, to people who, those 35 are regarded as heroes now in the TRNC. You know, they were, especially the children were top sportsmen and women, girls and boys, uh, representing their country. So Bousset explained to us it's rather like going on the battlefield and, and losing your life in wartime. It's seen in the very same way. So it was very, very beautiful, very emotional, as you can imagine, but a wonderful tribute and good on the family. It, it's, it's a marvellous thing to have done. Yeah, no, that's really lovely. Yeah, no, she's she's working really, really hard on the hotel. And yeah, it, it's lovely there. They do grow all their own uh, produce and all that sort of thing as well. And that's uh, that's really nice. Um, one last thing, Rog, before we get on to our special guest. Um, I understand there's news about the title deed transfer tax. Yes, this is the tax you pay when you finally get your title deeds. And it used to be a mere 3% for first-time buyers. Um, but news this week, with immediate effect, which is what miffed most people off, the tax has gone up from what was 6% to 12%, and this is for expats. This is if you're not a Turk, Turkish citizen or a TRNC citizen. And, of course, they've done it because, you know, they're saying young Turkish Cypriots are literally being sort of ousted away from being able to be homeowners because the price of property is going up and up. And I think most expats say, well, that's OK, and they're going to use the money for all sorts of good things. But they've, there's no consultation. It's just come out of thin air. So imagine if you're in the middle of buying a £200,000 villa, suddenly the tax you're going to pay has doubled from 12000 to 24000 
Mm. That's enough to put you off, you know, the sale because maybe you haven't got those kind of funds available. And I think most people are angry because of the way it was done rather than it was done. Uh, if you know about it in advance, you put it into your negotiations, whatever. But suddenly to come out with this decree, you're going to pay 12% uh, title deed transfer tax now, is uh, I'm really hoping they have a rethink here because mm. they're going to be where well, there already are a huge amount of complaints and saying this is just not on, not not this way. Yeah. So keep, keep keep our fingers crossed that they'll either rescind it a bit or at least give people twelve months before they start. So do do they have it. to? Do you have to pay that when you buy a house? Because I mean, I've bought my apartment, but I haven't got my title deeds. Mm. No, um, you pay it when you get your title deeds. Yes. Yeah, so and it's only uh, if you want them. now, what I can't tell you, Sarah, probably because I'm too stupid to 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 read it uh, too thoroughly. I'm not sure whether, as a first time buyer over here you will pay the original 3% or whether you will now be liable to the 12%. I will try and find that out for you. But, uh, you know, as you know, it's going to make a huge difference to you. Yes. But yes. if you've got, you know, if you've got a year to think about it, and of course you don't have to have title deeds. Yeah. Um, it depends, you know, what you want to do with your property. But uh, so, you know, it's not something you have to pay. If you don't want to pay it, you just make do without your title deeds. Right. Okay. Let's get on to our special guest, Rog, um, a lady who's making a huge mark in the hospitality front in Lapta. Um, I had the pleasure of meeting her over Christmas when I was there once with uh, Chrissy and uh, Pam. Um, so tell us about Laura. Yes, yeah, a really new concept for the area, Sarah, and indeed the island. Uh, Laura Oscar Imler and her husband have opened a wine bar called the Wine Gallery. Uh, in Alsenshack, I think it is. Whilst it's only been open for a short while, it's proven to be a real hit with customers. And you know me, Sarah, it doesn't take much for me to get to a wine bar. On a recent visit, Laura agreed to have a chat with me and started by telling me some of her background. I'm a Darrenet from Darwin, next door to Blackburn. Um, and grew up uh, with my mum and dad and my sister who's 12 years older than me, and um, stayed there all the way up to being 30, and then decided to travel the world. And uh, go Where did you go? Uh, went to Thailand for a month, Australia, around Australia for three years, and then back to sunny Cyprus. When you say back to Cyprus, where, where, what, why have you come to Cyprus? Oh, um, because <clears throat> my mum and dad decided to retire in the sunshine and they found a beautiful place here uh, 18 years ago now. Um, so I went traveling the world and then uh, decided to come and spend some time with my parents and then never left. <laughs> so give us some reasons why you never left. Um, because wow. you know, a lot of people say this is a, <clears throat> a place for sort of retirees or, or more mature people and for a younger person like you, maybe it's not quite so suitable, but What's the attraction? I'd absolutely disagree with those people because, uh, I mean, for me, North Cyprus is the epitome of life as it was in the UK when I was growing up. So, you know, very safe, not locking um, door, having your neighbours come round, doing things for each other, which you don't tend to find as much anymore in, in society in the UK. But here, I feel it's one of the most safest places on earth Gorgeous sunshine, 300 days, mountains, ocean. And for my children now, um, 
you know, we have a day off. Let's go to the beach. Let's go and swim in the pool. It's just such a fantastic arena for, for bringing up kids. You've taken on the mantle of, of running a new business in, well, let's say uncertain economic times in the TRNC. So, so tell us the thinking behind that. Um, well, um, we already have our own family business, which is doing residences and, and work permits and opening and starting businesses for other people. And um, my husband wanted something more to do. <laughs> and we decided um, that because we have such a love for wine, especially, and also cheese and meats, that we would um, try and start something like this, just because it's quite difficult to find elsewhere in Cyprus. We've not ever really been able to go out and, and have that kind of evening together. Um, and my husband, you know, very fair play to him, has never worked in the service industry or um, alcohol or food industry before, so it's very all brand new for him. And um, it's great, we, you know, we spend a lot of time together now, and this is the future for our children, and. Um, I get to spend my days around wine all day. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> it sounds like the perfect job to me. Now, for those people who have not visited the wine gallery, tell us a bit about it, because you're not a restaurant in the true sense, or would you disagree with that? Because No, um, no absolutely. We're not a restaurant at all. Um, you know, we don't have a kitchen per se here. We just want to provide... Um, wines that aren't necessarily available elsewhere on the island. We import all our own uh, lines. And what's better than to go with wine than some cheese and biscuits and, and some meats and grapes? Uh, and that's really, in essence, for me, what this place is about. Spending time with friends, eating, sitting, enjoying each other's company and... Um, yeah, I'm hoping that's, that's what we're achieving here, I hope. What about the start-up costs? Because I'm now looking over at the biggest wine rack I've ever seen. <laughs> and it's enormous, and presumably it's chilled. I mean, the, the cost of setting that up must be astronomical. Um, yeah, I'm not going to lie, that wasn't cheap. And it's probably the most expensive thing in the building. Um, and that includes my children. It's more expensive <laughs> than the kids. Um, but you know, it's, it's very much well worth it. And we, we got the idea of that because we went to visit a gentleman that we heard about in Famagusta, um, who was very much into his wines and we wanted to go and meet him and get some experience and, and, and advice. Um, and the place that we met him actually had one of these and that was me. As soon as I walked in, I was in love. Um, so to be honest, it didn't matter how much it cost. I wanted one. Uh, where'd you get them from? I mean, it's not the kind of thing... I mean, I assume you've imported that from somewhere. No, we had it especially made. My husband designed it. And um, a lovely gentleman in Chatelcoy, uh, a carpenter that's just behind the Erdener supermarket, he said, yeah, OK, no problem. I can pretty much make one of those and then obviously we had to do everything separately so the doors were we had to order in separate and the aircon um, units is a special one because it's obviously needs to go colder than your usual aircons and um, but you know finally we got it all working together and it holds around just over 500 bottles wow enough for a good night <laughs> <laughs> yes who are your customers mm. 
Um, oh, that's a, that's a great question. We have a wide variety of clientele, to be honest. We, I couldn't really associate it just with one specific group. Um, we're in a very privileged um, position where we have been here... Well, my husband's lived here all his life, but I've been here um, now eight years and met such an enormous amount of people, either through um, the work I've done previously or singing and doing the gigging uh, around the island. And they, the people that you meet here, the people that we get are just customers that want to have a nice time, like I said before, laugh and joke and spend time together. Um, we don't have a specific group, if, if I'm, I've struggled to answer that. <laughs> no, that's a, that's Which is great, it makes every day a different day for us, so I'm happy with that. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, it's got a, you've got a lovely frontage here uh, in Lapta, and I just wonder how you personally feel every day when you walk in and unlock that door. I get the feeling you absolutely love it, but I want to hear you say I do love it, and I feel exceptionally proud of myself and my husband for what we've managed to achieve on, if I'm honest, a very small budget and um, a big idea. So, for me, this is now obviously my second home, uh, and if you're not happy when you walk through those doors, you've got a big problem. So, um, Every day I walk in and I smell the wood and I look at the wines and it's refreshing for me. I'm happy. You've got 500 bottles of wine behind you. I mean, it must be quite tempting sometimes to keep opening bottles and having a slug. Um, well, what I'm saying to people at the moment is the best thing about working here is I can open a bottle any time I want. It's also the worst thing about working here because I can open a bottle any time I want. So you have to be quite strict with oneself. Yeah. <laughs> um, how long have you been going and, and how, would you how would you assess the success or otherwise of your business? Um, we've now been open since the second week of December. So we're still in, in the baby stages or the honeymoon period, as you should say. Um, and we were quite concerned about opening at that time of, of year because obviously a lot of people go away or they already have plans over the Christmas period and New Year. Uh, and obviously then there's dry January or let's get fit, so people don't want to drink. We've been exceptionally lucky in the sense that um, it hasn't affected us like that. We've been so successful so far just with people wanting to come and, and try something new. I'd say, oh, what are they doing in there? Um, and thank God we are having lots of return customers. And that's, for me, what it's about. I, don't, I didn't want to just be a bar. I wanted to have somewhere that was a friendly environment and a homely environment for people, you know, women in particular as well, um, to come and feel safe uh, to drink alone or always have a friend here that they can come and speak to. Mm. So I'm, we're, the success so far has been so far above our expectations. Because you're not just doing passing trade, are you? You're actually having people are holding their parties here, aren't they? <laughs> yes. Um, so far, we, we've been fully booked every week uh, for weekend parties, birthdays, leaving dues. Uh, we've had, unfortunately, um, two wakes here already and 
uh, two family reunions, which has been fantastic. Wow. Um, and that, you know, that helps us in, in the sense that uh, we want that. We, we want to see people coming together and celebrating and enjoying themselves. So the more parties, etc., we can hold, the better. You know, we, we love that. And you enjoy your parties because between <laughs> clearing up all the glasses and making, serving people, I mean, you're up on the table having a boogie with the rest of us, aren't you? <laughs> you didn't have to bring that one up. Um, if you're not enjoying yourself while you're working, um, there's not much more to life to, to go on for, uh, because we spend the majority of our time here all day, every day. We have to enjoy it. And if we're not, then that's the day that we'll finish. Um, we're very lucky that we've got people that want us to join in at the party. Um, <laughs> so that's what we're here for. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And uh, some of the comments I've heard is that on one party it's just that you and hubby working, but there still wasn't a dirty glass in sight. That the, between the two of you, you cope with forty plus people. Do, do you ever get extra staff in? Um, we do have some extra staff now. Um, at the beginning, you know, like anything, we had to have shallow pockets and, and, and make sure that the money was going where it needed to go. And, learn the trade ourselves by being on the job we're blessed now that we've been able to bring someone in part-time to help us with that um but yeah we had our first live music event yesterday and unfortunately our staff member was off six my husband was alone <laughs> he didn't even have me because i was doing the music <laughs> and he had to prepare and, and and deal with 40 plus customers for food and drink um and he was fantastic. It's not easy to cope all the time, but you do, you find a way. What is, you haven't been going that long, but what are the kind of things you've learnt already that maybe you weren't aware of beforehand, or has it gone much according to plan? Um, Business-wise, pretty much go, going according to plan. Um, Personal-wise, for me, the biggest thing that's happened that I wasn't expecting is the... Um, the, the less time that I have now with my children um, and that's probably been the toughest challenge that we've had and a, a transition I've, I've found quite difficult but it's the same for any family you know at some point parents have to go back to work and life goes on and the children don't care and just carry on without you <laughs> you're the one that's left crying waiting at the school gates um, but for me uh, business wise pretty much as we expected um, Personal-wise, yeah, just trying to find the, the work-life balance that works for us. Yeah. What about the future? What plans you got for this place? Oh, for this place, um, well... Or any we... other place. Oh, <laughs> we're going to take over North Cyprus, obviously. <laughs> um, well, we're currently in the winter season, so we are fine with how it's going in, on the inside. Um, but moving forward, especially towards this um, spring-summer, we have the outside back terrace that we want to um, obviously upgrade and, and decorate so that we have a beautiful outside area for people. And we have quite a lot of space outside the front, which we've been granted uh, permission to do uh, live music events outside on the front as well. So that's fantastic. So for me, just continue supplying great wines, great cheeses, and um, promote more live music in the area. That's Laura Oscar Rimler, and good luck to Laura and her family, all involved in the Wine Gallery. You can follow all the events, by the way, that are going on there. Just check out the Wine Gallery 
uh, in Facebook. There you can find all the necessary contact details. I just want to mention to Sarah that um, I hear she's a very, very fine singer. And I only say I hear because I've not heard her, but I'm going to next Wednesday. Um, she's given a concert in her own wine gallery, which is absolutely fantastic. And um, I might even take take the recorder along and, and, and let us hear a little bit if she's a, agreeable to that. And uh, maybe... I can get the old piano up there as well and uh, maybe do a duet with her at some time, but uh, we'll see. But it's a wonderful place and uh, I shall be going there quite often over the next fortnight. <laughs> Purely for interview purposes, obviously. <laughs> I, was just, I was just about to say when you said she's a very fine singer, I was like, does she know you're a very fine pianist? So I can see a duet coming on quite quite easily. Good for them for you know getting a business up and running and on its feet and making it popular. Yeah. Very difficult time as well economically. So, you know, it's a hell of a risk in a way. But uh, the way it started, wow. Yeah. And everybody loves wine, don't they? So you can't go wrong. To yeah. Be Some more than others. Yeah. She'll, uh, she'll be in business for a while. So that's, 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 that's <laughs> especially when I'm in the laptop area. Yes, that's right. They probably ordered in more just in case. <laughs> Yeah, that's brilliant. Well, we look forward to uh, hearing more from Laura. And just a little tease um, ahead for our next podcast. Obviously, it depends when you're listening to this and which one you're listening to. Uh, but the one that we're going to uh, put out in a couple of weeks' time, I had a chat with a lovely, lovely gentleman called Malcolm Hollingdrake. He has written a book, his first book, actually, uh, a while back was called Bridging the Gulf and uh, set in Famagusta. And he used to live in Famagusta back in the 80s and a little village as well uh, in the mountains. And he's got some lovely stories about North Cyprus and what it was like there and why he went there and that sort of thing. He's a very well-known uh, author. He's written the Harrogate Crime series. I had a lovely chat with him and he was reminiscing about his time in North Cyprus. So uh, that will be our next podcast. But for the time being, thank you very much indeed for listening. Do, you know, subscribe wherever you're listening to this and then you'll know when the next one comes out. You can always follow us. We're on Facebook and Twitter. Just look for Talking Round North Cyprus. Got an email address as well. If you want to get in touch, if you've got a story that you'd like to say or you've got any comments maybe on something that we've been talking about, please do get in touch trnc.podcast at gmail.com. I'm Sarah Palmer. And I'm Roger Barra. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you again very, very shortly.